Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the Old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson, community-sponsored, all-volunteer-powered rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to celebrate a 19th anniversary for the Surly Wench on 4th Avenue, and we're going to do that by jumping back to an interview we did in 2019 about their business, their history, and their fabulous monthly burlesque show. Today is June 25th, 2023. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your iPhone or Android by getting our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. Of course, on the show, you can interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. We're Life Along the Streetcar on those platforms. And for more information on our book, past episodes, or just want to contact us, you can head to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. And of course, the podcasts are available on most of the platforms where you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we're pretty cool. You can even just say, hey, smart speaker, why don't you play Life Along the Streetcar podcast? And uh, every now and then it actually pops up. We're going to focus a little bit on 4th Avenue today. Um, There's a big anniversary for Surly Wench. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I'm getting a lot of questions about the huge development that's happening on the south end where the uh, Maloney's pad used to be. That's been in the works since 2016, 2017. Been somewhat controversial because it is a very... um, modern building there on the end of uh, 4th Avenue, and a lot of people are concerned about the impact that it will have to the local flavor of 4th Avenue, but the project is underway. Um, it's, uh, I believe it's called Partners on 4th is the, the, the firm behind all of that, um, but ultimately there's going to be 300 plus apartment units, uh, 325-ish apartment units, and there's going to be uh, retail and parking available as well as uh, you know, some nice amenities. I think there's going to be a pool for the residents and that type of thing. Really large project, and you know, we're in a housing crunch. There, there are people having trouble finding places to live, and, and you know, another 300 apartments. Certainly, especially in that urban core, that that density. Um, you know, there's a thousand units or so that's been added in the downtown area. 300 with this project alone. That will help alleviate some of the pressure, but certainly understand the concerns of those that are fans of the Fourth Avenue and the historic feel and flair that they've had, uh, and don't want to lose that. You know, according to the developers, uh, the apartments, which I think they're called Ari on Fourth or Ari, I'm not sure if they say it out or not, but uh, they've they've indicated a willingness to work with the Fourth Avenue Coalition. They did not sign a community benefits agreement like the union on 4th did, which is on the other end uh, of uh, 4th Avenue, closer to uh, 6th uh, 6th Street there. Uh, They did not sign a community benefits agreement, but they did indicate a willingness to focus on local businesses and to do uh, use local artists and create a a vibe the best that they can that that fits in with with that uh, flair. But again, you've got different people on different sides of this issue, uh, those that are looking for housing and those that are concerned about uh, where some of these new employers are going to be putting their uh, uh, their employees, especially, you know, you could talk about Raytheon and 
Caterpillar and other places that might have um, interest in being downtown, the um, uh, they seem to be very much in favor of this. And then, of course, more retail. Right as that bridge, you get into downtown. We're always talking about more retail needed in the downtown urban area. And then the historical Fourth Avenue coalition that have been very publicly in favor of development and very much wanting to see densification and infill projects, but concerned that uh, it's done in a way that doesn't take away what we've come to know and love about Fourth Avenue. So that's an ongoing debate. And I think a lot of that then ultimately has to come down to us, right? Who do we support from the business's standpoint? Who do we want to see in those places when they put a, a local business? Then we have to go and drive our business to them because if the if they're going to invest in local businesses and a local business is going to take that that leap uh, to put retail on the bottom there of 4th Avenue, we have to go and support it. Uh, so keep that in mind. Completion date for this is June 2024. We'll try to find someone on the development side uh, or the historical 4th Avenue side and talk more about that project as um, as it gets nearer to completion, which is you know about a year away. But if you're down there, the skeleton is is a huge piece. Another huge piece of uh, Fourth Avenue is the Surly Wench. They're about to celebrate their 19th uh, birthday, and that that makes them the longest running business that's been in that building which they occupy. And I didn't know this until recently, but it was originally a Piggly Wiggly, so that's kind of cool. And they uh, they have outlasted the uh, the the timeline of the Piggly Wiggly. Uh, I remember it, um, although I was never there. I do remember it being uh, the night train. Um, um, a club there, but now it's the Surly Wench, and it's been in there for 19 years. And back in 2019, one of our earlier episodes, uh, we got to talk with the um, uh, the owner, one of the owners there, and, and kind of get a feel for uh, the the history and uh, uh, impact of Surly Wench on the block. Uh, Steph was also discussing their burlesque shows, which are a very important part of our community and serve a very interesting niche and in, in not just entertainment, but also in um, positivity and really uh, healthy mindsets. So we're going to go back to that interview back in 2015. Uh, Steph Johnson, one of the owners of Surly Wench. I am Stephanie Johnston. We're at the Surly Wench Pub, where uh, we have burlesque shows. Um, I go by my stage name of Stefka Von Snatch. I host a lot of the shows, not all of them, but the majority of them. Are, and, are you an owner of Surly Wench? I am an owner. Uh, I am an owner and Jasmine that you saw walk by. Okay. How, how long have you owned uh, this, this place? I've owned it from the beginning, so since 2004, uh, we're going to be, we're working on our 15th year. Holy smokes. Most. Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen some changes in this I area. I have. <laughs> yeah. 15 years. What was it like 15 years ago? Was it? Uh, a lot quieter. Um, a, a little more simple on the avenue. Um, a lot less bars. Uh, no streetcar. <laughs> but still fun. I mean, yeah. Well, this, I talked with Didi next door, and I, mm-hmm. I got the history of this building. I guess it was a social club and yeah. a few other things. So it's, it's yeah. It's Since the seventies, it's been a bar. Yeah, I've been digging up research in a history on this building too. Like a lot of stuff. So what got you? Into, did you work here and buy? Oh no, you started it. So this was. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was working uh, at two, three different bars when I bought it at the time, um, and I was working over at 
plush and I was looking for a place to open and uh, I looked across the street this was another bar and I noticed the lights were off. it was a Friday night the lights were off so like something's up <laughs> so I came over and I looked at the mail slot I'm like they're closed so I figured out who the landlord was and kind of jumped on it real quick wow yeah and just wow that's that's a great story yeah and, and uh, 15 years later yeah so kicking again a big 15 year anniversary mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna do something uh, burlesque is definitely gonna be a part of it <laughs> well you got more than that I mean you've got you got a full menu here you've got yes. pool tables a full bar full bar yep uh, DJs bands anything really so like, the, the point of the show today is, is about burlesque but, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure people know that this is a, a great place to come just to listen to music and other things oh too. sure okay go on <laughs> <laughs> but, so let me ask you let's get into the, the to the idea of burlesque what, okay um, is it is there a way to describe what burlesque is uh, yeah there's a burlesque people mainly think of striptease but that's not all uh, it's like people getting on stage very brave people getting on stage kind of telling a story with one act one song and there's striptease involved in it also but I mean it's roots go all the way back in America to about 1860 when it was brought over here kind of started in New York and moved its way over west and um, so uh, it was big popular prohibition happened kind of killed off everything because you know strip teas and drinking kind of go hand in hand understood yeah and uh, came back in the 50s or so by the 70s you started seeing actual strip clubs and kind of getting nitty gritty and it died again around the 90s mid 90s you saw like a, a, a rebreathing rebirth of burlesque the neo burlesque scene and into the 2000s it's gotten real big so why do you think it came back in the 90s I mean, I guess if you look at the culture back then, things were kind of like a little more scandalous. And, you know, look at the entertainment after the 80s. You, know, you go into the 90s, oh, you know, and, and maybe just people are rediscovering this. You give it a good 20 years of it dying out. That's usually when things come back out, I think. And then you, you opened here in 2004. Yeah. And at some point in there, you decided that you wanted to bring burlesque down to 4th Avenue. Yes. So we had a traveling troupe uh, book with us. And it was the first time I've seen burlesque before. When was this? Uh, sometime in 2005. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they came down, I think I booked them twice, but... Um, Man, I thought it was amazing. It was fun. It was just something that you'd never seen before. You know, you've been to strip clubs, stuff like that. And that's not, that's whatever. But, you know, this was cool. This was so entertaining. It was funny. It was great. And so, uh, I, you know, I decided right then, you know, after the second show, I'm like, man, I need to do this in Tucson. I need to do this on my bar. And just kind of on a night of drinking, <laughs> I think it was a Valentine's Day night, I think, uh, you know, it, it kind of was born. Well, you're seeing more of it um, around. It's it's not just here. You, you, there's other places that are yes. doing this. They're doing it in large areas. I've seen it at Rialto. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, clear, it's, it's gotten a foothold. But from what I've been told, it really didn't have a foothold until you decided to, to start really featuring it here. I just opened the door <laughs> or something. I don't know. I just, I mean... Because you know, we started off with just bands, and then we had DJs. I'm like, oh, there's got to be something else out there, and you know, we found it. And, um, and yeah, like I said, we just kind of opened the door and kind of 
like I, I love it. I love that other places are doing it. Well, and you love it so much that you're a performer. Well, I don't perform. I host. Okay. It's a little. Dur- I guess that's kind of performing, but you know, I keep the clothes on. <laughs> and so for. Um, if you haven't been, it's not completely nude, right? It's, they don't no. like take, they no, take no. off clothing, but they keep right. No, some the garments. Big on. rule: no, no going completely nude, and uh, keeping uh, you know some bits covered up. But yeah, you won't see complete nudity. You won't see full topless. It, it's just not what we do. But I, you know, you talked about how in the '70s it went away, and you saw this mm-hmm. proliferation of more what people think of as strip clubs. Yes, and. This might be completely off, but what I when I was doing some research, it seemed like strip clubs were were sort of this this sense of sexuality from the the perspective of the audience, mm-hmm. and burlesque is sort of an empowerment for the for the performer, and, and it's sort of an expression of sexuality from their perspective. Yeah, I'd say you're right with that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. You hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. Uh, these these women and men that go up and do this, it, you just see them. You see the, the the power, the empowerment, the the feeling, you know, and. and most of them, once they get that taste of getting up there the first time, they want to do it over and over and over again. And, and there's now there's there's classes that they can take. There are classes. I don't offer any here, but there are classes around town. We're in the middle of an interview from 2019 uh, with Steph Johnson, one of the owners of the Surly Wench, the uh, pub there on Fourth Avenue next to Pop Cycle, talking about their uh, their at that time 15 years in the building. And on Fourth Avenue, and also their Friday night, uh, their monthly burlesque shows. And we'll be back to finish up that interview in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. Uh, it's Paleo Dave. I hope you check out his show uh, starting tomorrow, Monday, 7 to 9, and every weekday. I always tout uh, you know, how cool it is that we've got over 250 episodes, and I think he does that every, every few months because he's doing it five days a week. Uh, quite a prolific uh, song generator for downtown radio. Well, if you're just joining us, we're, we're reaching back to 2019 for an interview we did with the owner of Surly Wench, one of the co-owners there. Her name is Steph Johnson. We wanted to highlight that because they're approaching their 19th anniversary, and um, uh, we're circling back to talk about their impact and history on 4th Avenue, as well as their, uh, their burlesque performances and what they do within the community. Uh, and we're going to finish up that uh, interview with uh, Steph Johnson. It's almost for... Like a uh, like a therapy in a way that people can is. they can find out a lot about themselves by yes. willing to do this. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, people completely change and discover themselves something that's been in themselves, and just they get up on stage. It's like this whole different person. Confidence. You said at the very beginning, it takes a lot of people, a lot of brave people. Dude, yeah, that's why I host. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, and you host, uh, it's uh, Steph, what's your name? Steph Von Snatch. Okay, so yeah. the names, the names of these performers, yeah. they are uh, 
quite interesting. Yeah, you know, you got to keep it. Uh, a lot of them are funny, but a lot, a lot of the time, people come up with these names because they have these day jobs where they can't use their real names. You know, you, you got to go with this, you know, uh, mask. You don't want to get in trouble. You know, so, um, but real creative names out there. <laughs> and, they, and they tend to be uh, funny, but also somewhat, somewhat telling, I think, sometimes. Yeah. They, they come up with these creative names. And a superhero alter ego. <laughs> and, and I didn't know this until very recently, but the movie Gypsy, the, the musical Gypsy, uh-huh. was about a famous uh, burlesque performer, Gypsy Rose. Yep. Uh, so if you've seen that, then you get. A, I have many times. And you get a, you get a sense of that, and that I think raising sort of being in a uh, in that environment. But yeah, the, the things that that I learned. Um, here's some perceptions from maybe people like me that hadn't seen burlesque. Okay. They thought of it maybe more as more um, uh, subversive. It's more about storytelling almost on stage, and that's how I see it. It's not just getting up there, taking some clothes off, getting some applause. You know, you're up there, you're telling a story, or you're you're opening some people's eyes to something that, you know, maybe controversial, whatever. Or you're just having a good time, being funny, whatever. There's so many um, different aspects of it, really. It's an inclusive. Uh, it's it's a very inclusive yep. uh, 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 art form. There's no judgment. There's no. No. There's no body type. No. No. no uh, male, female, whatever. No body type. Whatever. I mean, it's anyone can get up there, do it. You know, feel good about yourself. You know, I have. I started a uh, a manlesque um, show as well. So, uh, and that's just. Uh, I want to see that that guy next door get up there and shake his stuff and you know show him what they got and not like in a Chipmondale's cheesy style, but you know and that let me tell you these guys get up there the first time they're nervous as all heck and they want to come back over and over and over again and do it because it is it's empowering it's fun you know you get the crowd screaming oh man it's the best feeling. How often do you have shows? Every first Friday for burlesque. Yeah, every first Friday. Rain or shine, we're doing them. Um, Manlesque, here and there, every few months or so. They're a little harder to get together. So every first Friday at at Surly Lunch, you can come and get a taste of what the burlesque is. Yes. Is there there cover charge fees, or does it depend on the show? $10 for general admission. $20 if you want to have a seat right in front of the stage with a table and such. uh, A little more comfortable. But let me tell you about these first Friday shows, too, is that they have a different producer for each show which is you know a lot of places have one troupe and with the same people most times some guests but this one since we have different producers each show we're bringing people down from phoenix we're having people from different you know troops coming in and performing and each show is different from each other you know so that's that's i think uh something that kind of makes us sets us apart a little okay yeah. So if there is a message about burlesque, if there is a message, and maybe there isn't, but if there's a message you would like people to, to that are afraid to either, they're just, they're, they're just not interested, or they're afraid to, to check it out. Oh, yeah. How, how, 
uh, there's nothing to be scared of. You know, uh, everyone's just trying to have a good time. We're trying to have fun. We're trying to keep it positive. Um, you know, and we, we want to have, we share the experience with everyone. And it is. Uh, you come to a show. I've had people who are so scared to come to these shows. They're just like, I don't think it's my type of thing. And they come and they're like, oh, man, I got to come to the next one. Because it is. We keep it fun. We keep it lighthearted. You know, it's kind of for everyone over 21. <laughs> a lot of, you know, we have big performers that actually live in Tucson. We have Matt Finish. He's won um, Best Boy Lesk. I think that's cool. He performs down the street. We have Desiree Damore who moved to Tucson. She's pretty big in the scene. We have Stormy Lay here, who's performed all over the place. And it's, like, Burlesque in Tucson's pretty big, and it's pretty important. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an outlet. It's an artistic outlet. It is. And then I think just in, in the urban area in general, you see more artistic gathering because there's more synergy of that. Mm -hmm. um, have you noticed since you started hosting this back in 05, have you seen that explosion here in town, or is it? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, let's see. There was a time where just it felt like everyone just got on the burlesque, you know, like everyone was trying to do it. And honestly, it's not easy. It's not. I used to call like say it was kind of like herding cats. <laughs> um, but and then, uh, you know, you, you work with a lot of different personalities and, and stuff and some things work out, some things don't. And it, it became real popular for a minute. It died down a little bit. But now I think we're at a really good level right now where everyone's working together and it's super positive and that's how I wanted it to be from the beginning and it's finally like that <laughs> super positive uh, of course we recorded this in 2019 and then months later we were shut down for COVID uh, but they are making a strong comeback it's the Surly Winch Pub it's on 4th Avenue hope you can check it out we'll link to their website from our Facebook page you can check out their schedule of events and um uh, to keep tabs on their uh, burlesque shows that are still happening. And my name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. Support for Downtown Radio is provided by the Tucson Gallery, located in downtown Tucson inside of the proper shops at 300 East Congress Street. The Tucson Gallery offers original work, reproductions, and merchandise from Tucson artists like Joe Padgett, Jessica Gonzalez, Ignacio Garcia, and many more. For information about all the artists, including when they will be live at the gallery, head to the TucsonGallery.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook as Tucson Gallery. Enjoy your evening. Bye-bye. I like how that uh, wraps up there. Uh, we have um, fabulous DJs here on Downtown Radio. They're all volunteers. Uh, if you've listened to this show at any point, you know how much I'm a huge fan of just about every show that's out there. I'm sure there's a few that I haven't heard yet. Um, but some of my favorites, you just heard uh, Ted Prozelski with Radio Club Crawl. How cool is that? He, he, he has all of the music that's going to be playing live in Tucson, and you can preview all of that on his shows on Tuesday and get a sense of, what do you like? And then, and then you go find uh, where they're playing live. Uh, there's also shows uh, Hope and uh, Bo Awesome put together the Arizona 411, which is on Thursdays, I think, at 5. I always hear the, the replay, though, I think, on Saturdays. But 
uh, Thursday at five, they play all Arizona music and then they will, they do something called the third set triple play and they play three songs from an artist. And typically they have that artist, uh, as a guest on the show talking about their, uh, their process and anything cool within their band or their music that's happening. So those are just a, a couple of those, uh, that we have. You can check out the whole lineup on downtownradio.org. There's a schedule of events. Monday through Saturday, we do rock mix. Then on Sundays, we open it up a little bit. It starts uh, Sundays, you know, really, really mellow day. We start off with Mr. Nature and Little Leaf Radio. That flows into the art of easing at nine. And, uh, you know, DJ Bank, the self-described um, musical bum, he's anything but a bum, people. He works his butt off for this show. But uh, he is um, really taking the art of easing to a whole new level and uh, hard, to, hard to get off the couch once listening to... Uh, to DJ Bank. Of course, we're, we start at 11 o'clock every Sunday, and then after us, it's Words and Work with uh, Ted Prozelski talking uh, with writers, members of the labor movement, uh, lots of really interesting topics here in Tucson. And at the top of the hour, we have Ty Logan uh, with Heavy Mental. Uh, really, again, a show that, that helps to reduce the, the stigma of um, mental health and uh, seeking services, and Ty is just honest and candid about it. Volunteers, people, I'm telling you, volunteers, and I, I bring up the volunteer component because I need you to go to the website, downtownradio.org, check out the schedule, but then hit the donate button because we we don't have a huge funding source. We have some underwriters, and we thank you and appreciate that, and if, if there are underwriters uh, that you hear out there, please support them and let them know that their support of Downtown Radio is important to you. Uh, but but also a donation, a small donation on a monthly basis can add to that budget that we have to work with. And since no one's being paid, the money's going to the station, going to the quality of programming, increasing the equipment, doing all kinds of uh, of things that happen behind the scenes, and I don't I don't even know about. So uh, we would love to have ongoing support from you. A one time donation would be great, but ongoing support is really how we can budget things out. Well, this was episode, what, 252, I think? Maybe 253? I don't know. 253, somewhere in there. Uh, it's over 250. You know, once you get to, you know, once you pass 250, who cares? Um, and uh, we're, we're going strong, going strong. Lots of requests for, uh, for shows. Uh, next week, we actually have a gentleman named uh, Chris Porter. He was referred by a listener. He's doing a lot of really interesting work in the, the neurodivergent uh, uh, um, helping people with ADHD and other uh, neurodivergent sort of uh, processes. Um, he's helping coach them so they can be more productive with their time. And really interesting, really interesting gentleman. Um, and uh, looking forward to my conversation with him. That'll be next Sunday. And of course, if there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. You can email us contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. We have a contact button on our website which is lifealongthestreetcar.org. And the best way is on Facebook or Instagram to tag us in something and uh, tell us that you want to learn more or tell us that you know something about this topic and we should learn more because that's what we do. We uncover hidden gems and this show is really just an exploration of things about Tucson I don't know. And there's a lot about Tucson I don't know. And I appreciate all of you continuing to uh, present those to me. Uh, again, congratulations to the Surly Wench and their 19th anniversary. Look forward to seeing some burlesque as they um, launch that here in uh, each month.
In the meantime, I'm going to leave you with a little music today, a little happy music from a a sound uh, from an album back in 2017. It's uh, from the lovely music library, and you're you're listening to uh, the song Burlesque. I hope you have a great week, and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. Oh, 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 oh